You're listening to Young Honest Mother, the podcast. Here, we'll chat about all things marriage, motherhood, and modern home economics in all honesty. I'm your host, Maurice Young. Hi, Lorena. I'm so excited to have you as a guest today on Young Honest Mother, the podcast. I am so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course. So let's start with this. Who is Lorena? So my name is Lorena. I'm the co-founder of Mashka, which I'll get, I guess we'll get into it in a second. But basically I'm Mexican. That, that's where the accent came from. It comes from. It's never going to go away. And <laughs> basically like I moved to the States in 2009 to do my master's in finance Mm -hmm. And it was kind of crazy because I envisioned my whole life like I was going to be an investment banker and that's what I was doing and like working towards it. But when I when I actually graduated from my MBA, like it was when it was 2011. So like it was the market was just still coming out of the financial crisis. And it was just a little bit crazy. And I was living in Phoenix in Arizona where there was already no banking industry. So there was nothing mm-hmm. like with during the financial crisis. So that's when I started getting into like entrepreneurship. And I was very, very attracted to everything that had to do with digital and online, which was something mm-hmm. that I would have never expected before. But that's kind of like how I got started with being an entrepreneur. Wow. So. What about the digital realm attracted you towards that space? I don't know. I just started seeing like a lot of opportunity. Like I remember I was looking into, and this was like early, you know, like in like, again, like 2011. And I was looking at all these websites like Refinery29 and I would love going on them. And I was like, I just started being really curious. I'm like, how are these websites making money? Like how what's content creation, what's content marketing, like what's digital advertising. I just got really, really curious about it. And I was, and then I started learning more and I was like, this is amazing. So I started, I, what the first thing I did, I started kind of like a version of refinery 29 in Mexico. Wow. I know it was crazy. And I started going, like, I used to fly to Mexico city every like week. And like, we were doing really well. And, um, kind of like grew that project and then I it wasn't sustainable like to have to be living in Arizona and then wanting to go to Mexico City I was just recently married so it was just like not like the right business fit for me Mm -hmm. but in the end like I just fell in love with it with everything that had to do online and then I discovered digital marketing and I discovered branding and that's when I at a random dinner, I met a girl. Her name is Sakura Constant, and she's one of my good, good friends. And we started talking about like how like we had to learn all of this ourselves. And mm-hmm. from a dinner, we're like, let's create a company where we can teach people. And that's when I created like um, a company called Blogettes alongside Sakura and Wella Creative Studio. And for five or six years, we traveled all over the United States teaching women entrepreneurs everything that had to do with branding and how to get their business online. So that's what I did before Mashka. Wow. It sounds (laughs) like you are someone who um, you're not afraid to pivot. That's what I'm hearing from your story right now. And I'm curious because a lot of the listeners and a lot of people that I'm in conversation with 
they often bring up to me that they're not sure how to put themselves out there and try something completely new. So I'm curious from your story, how are you able to find the confidence to to put yourself out there and and pivot when you realize that you needed to take a different path? That's actually crazy because I feel like it's so difficult for all of us, like especially my transition from blogettes and Wella Creative Studio that were so well-known companies like on social media and like we built like such a strong career like with it it was really hard to kind of like I would say walk away because sometimes you have to walk away from a business that's not working but Mm -hmm. walking away from something that's successful and that's at its prime just because you realize that's not what you want to do right it's kind of like shocking you know like for me like it was, it took a while. It was a process where I started realizing like it all happened after I had my son. So after I had Diego, like I, I'm always been very passionate about teaching and I was loving our workshops and our digital classes and like having our branding clients and like all of these things. But then after I had my son, like, and I left for the first workshop, I remember in LA where we had to go teach like 50 women and I left him and he was three months old. And even though my mom was back home and my husband and everyone, like, I just remember I was miserable. Mm. Like, I just did not like it. Like I of course enjoyed teaching the class and all of these things, but I, it was just, it was kind of like a, I don't even know. Like it was just a realization that though it was a great business and like I used to love it, something had changed within me that it didn't fit my lifestyle anymore. Right. Like that that didn't fit with like who I wanted to be and what Mm. I wanted to do. And it didn't fit with my family. I didn't feel comfortable. So Mm. that was the first sign I would say that things needed to change. And then, but at the same time, you have all your circle of trust, like even my family, my husband, kind of like in a good way telling me like you're crazy Lorena like you've worked this hard to like get to where you are like what are you doing but internally I feel like we always know like we always know what's good for us and I think like for a couple of months I try to fight against it Mm -hmm. and in the end I just realized that I had found an incredible passion for wellness and motherhood and other things and it was my time to start something different. So I just stopped listening to everything that people were saying. And what I did was I started doing Mashka kind of like as a second business to blog ads and started to get everything going. And when we got it to the point where it was a reality and I could show it to people and people saw how passionate I was about it, I feel like everyone around me kind of like started supporting it. And that gave me the kind of like the last push that I needed to completely shift my career from Logets and Wella into what's now Mashka. That I think you bring up such great points. And what's really sticking out to me is just how you mentioned inside, you knew that something had shifted. And while you heard everyone around you reflecting back, you know, saying, well, you're doing such a great job. You worked so hard for this. You knew ultimately that you wanted to take things in a different direction and you stayed true to yourself. I think that is so admirable and something that I'm I'm constantly inspired by when I, I talk to other women because there is a lot of pressure to just, you know, if it's not broken, why fix it kind of thing, you know? It's like, 
just keep going, just keep going. But I think as mothers, there's something that takes place, obviously, like bringing new life into, into the world is monumental. But I also think it has a tremendous ability to really shift our values, right? Yes, I totally like what you value, like who you are, your time, everything. And for me, like, and this is something that because we all get scared, you know, but like something that my dad always said to me and my dad has always been like, I think my biggest supporter is like, Lorena, we have one life and the worst feeling in the world is the what if. Uh, So he's like, whatever you do, do not live your life ever thinking what if. And I feel like if I wouldn't have done what I did, I would still be thinking what if, you know? So I feel like Mm -hmm. that's what guides a lot of like the decisions that I've made, like in my adult life and professional life. It's like, though I'm scared to take risks, I feel like I have a fear of the what if, or like, I don't want to go through that. Like I, I want to know what happens, you know? So I feel like that's, that's a huge driving force. Like I think for all of us, because you don't want to, again, you don't want to just think what if. (laughs) Yeah. I like that. So where did the inspiration for Mashka come from? My own postpartum experience. Like, I feel like I was just so, I think this happens to a lot of moms, but we just don't talk about it a lot. It mm. came from my own experience. Like I truly, um, I thought that, I don't know, I was just, uh, now that I think about it, I, I don't know if I was dumb or naive or like, what was I? But like, I thought that pregnancy was the most difficult part. Like I always thought like, I need to be prepared for pregnancy. Like I know what, I need to know what to eat to feed the baby when the baby's inside of me. And right. I need to like, care for myself and then when the baby comes out it's just gonna be super fun you know I'm gonna carry my baby around and it just looks so easy you know at that point I didn't have many friends with babies so I was guiding a lot of like what I saw on social media you know I used to see these girls like looking beautiful in the hospital uh getting home and already like being dressed carrying their baby so I feel like I had no idea like what my expectations of postpartum were and I also didn't prepare for it I was mm-hmm. like, breastfeeding looks so easy. You just put the baby to the boob. Like it's, it's everything I <laughs> thought was just going to be so easy. And then I remember like the first day, like in the hospital, like you feel this immense love for this little being. But at the same time, I remember when the nurse told me like, okay, you can dress him if you want. And I wanted to put out like a simple white onesie on and I couldn't do it. Mm. And I was like, oh, I can't even dress him. (laughs) Like, how is this gonna, I can't dress him. I don't seem to be doing well at breastfeeding. So I feel like it was like a reality, a reality check. So I was very unprepared Mm -hmm. for postpartum. That was just the beginning of my postpartum journey. And then just a lot of like the being Mexican, I was used to a very different culture, but uh, being here in the States for so long, I think I fell into the superwoman trap a little bit by myself. Like no one put me into it. Like, I was trying to prove to everyone that I could work and I went back to work. Like I would start going to the office two weeks after I had him and Mm -hmm. like little by little. And I was trying to be the best mom, the best breastfeeding mom. I was trying to be the best boss, like all of these things. And that just drove me to complete exhaustion, you know? I can imagine. Yeah. But just so, so dumb. I was waiting for someone to tell me like, hey, why don't you take a nap? 
instead of me saying I need a nap, you know, yeah. I thought I, I thought I was unique in a way that I was like, why am I so tired? Like, why can't I keep up with everything? And then as I started opening myself up, I discovered that I wasn't the only one that it's like, it's everyone, you know? Mm -hmm. So I feel like that, um, that was like the whole inspiration for Mashka because by like probably month three, I just didn't feel well at all. And I wasn't depressed. I knew it wasn't, it wasn't postpartum depression. It wasn't postpartum anxiety, but I knew something was wrong with my body. And I ended up like, you know, your OB tells you like everything is normal, but I finally found someone that listened to me and they ran a bunch of tests and I was extremely nutritionally depleted. I had developed Hashimoto's because of like wow. an iodine deficiency. It was just a disaster, you know, and I feel like I was crying one day and again, my dad came into the picture. I feel he's the only one that really noticed how broken I was. Mm. and he told me like the best piece of advice that he's ever given me and he was like Lorena like do you love your son and I was like yeah of course more than anything and he's like well then you're doing everything wrong and I was like what, what I was already yeah. crying like I was like what oh. and he's like you're doing everything wrong the only thing your son needs is a happy healthy mom and you're doing everything not to be that mm. so what are you doing and I was like, he's right. So it shifted my complete perspective. I started focusing on my wellness, prioritizing me. Mm -hmm. And that's what gave inspiration to Mashka. And that's why like our whole mission is that we take care of you so you can take care of the people you love most. Because really, when you don't feel good, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but like even when you're sick, right? Like when you're going through like a flu or like a cold or you're just mm -hmm. not feeling well, you cannot give your best to your work. You cannot give the best to your family. So when you're feeling horrible all the time, how can you be the best mom or the best wife or the best entrepreneur? You know, so I became very, right. very passionate about that. And that's what gave kind of like birth to the whole concept of Mashka. Wow. Okay. So there are a couple of things that are coming up for me, but first, yes. will you tell the listeners about what Mashka makes and offers to the community of course so mashka we offer like really really high quality uh supplements and snacks for new moms so we started the company with our lactation line and we wanted to start it because again it was just so frustrating for me to go and see i had problems with milk supply and mm -hmm. I was just going to the grocery store and I would see all these products that would just tell me like, okay, this will boost your supply, boost your supply. And I was like, that's great. I want to boost my supply because I I want to be able to like just fully like breastfeed my baby, but I also want to feel good. So we were the first company to come into market with a different concept on, of what breastfeeding supplements could be or lactation supplements, which is a more holistic approach, which is nourishing lactation where we not just help promote milk supply, but help nourish the mother. And at the same time, start a conversation that you actually are empowered to change the quality of your breast milk by what you eat and how you supplement. So that's our mm. first line of products. And uh, we're releasing more in the second semester of uh, this year that will address other postpartum concerns. Ooh, I'm so excited to see what those will be. But I, I don't, I'm trying to think how I came across Mashka. I think I was following you back when you were pursuing blogettes. 
Yes. You may have mentioned it over there. And I was like, oh, what is that about? And I completely resonated with the branding, the messaging, the colors are so warm and inviting. And the language of nourishing the mother really stands out. And I liked that the ingredients are clean. Like you're making sure that you're sourcing ingredients that are actually going to nourish the mother like you so passionately believe in. And I hadn't seen anything like that. So I was really excited to chat with you all about Majka and and the great work that you're doing. Thank you. No, it's like, it's a huge, and the supplement industry, I mean, I come from the digital world, you know, so you come from something where you're like selling online classes or selling something else. But when you come into like, I came into a completely new world, like kind of like trying to learn a whole new business, learn everything about product development. Like I had no idea. And I encountered an industry like the supplement industry and the wellness industry is a very marketing driven industry. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of companies that just like market their products in a certain way, but it was kind of like saddening for me to really get to understand the industry in a way where I like, I would read before I like was so knowledgeable about it. Like I would read and I would just believe like if somebody said like, this is the best ingredient or this is the best thing and it's just it's just marketing you know so for us it was just so important for people to know that our products are really the best like we're not just marketing but the ingredient selection everything like I me and my business partner we've been there like I know what it is to grab a supplement on the store and be breastfeeding and be unsure Mm -hmm. if this is the best for you or not so it was a big fight in the beginning, like even with our uh, manufacturers and with everything when they were like, Lorena, like you cannot be picking this high quality ingredients. Like it's just going to be like the price is going to be too high. And I was like, I I can't like I need to go to bed every night knowing that we're giving people the best, because if not, then what's the point of doing this? You know, and I guess we we were new at that point and people were like probably thinking I had no idea what I was doing like and I probably didn't but um yeah it's always been it's at the core and at the heart of the company that we're always gonna fight for our moms because we 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 want to give them I'm very very passionate that we want to give them the best and if I don't feel like it's the best then I would rather not put a product on the market I hear you on that and I'm curious because my listeners They really value clean products and clean ingredients. So can you talk a little bit more about your ingredient selection process with Mashka? Yes, of course. Like for everything we do, like, and this is something that might be surprising for some people. And um, we, we try to say that even with our ingredient selection process, like we stand above the trends. Like, I feel like, Mm -hmm. again, a lot of like the wellness industry is driven by trendy words, like organic, non-GMO, vegan, like all of those things. And for us, like, of course, like if if the best ingredient is all of those things, that's great. We're going to choose that. But if the best ingredient for you, like there's some things that you just cannot find in organic, you know, like probiotics are not organic unless you mix it with with an organic food, you know, that grows from the ground. Mm -hmm. So for us, it's more of like, okay, like what is the best, most absorbable form of any if we're going to use vitamins of any vitamin of mineral that we can be that's what we're going to pick and like we always like we're like with third-party testing we third-party tests for not just potency but like 
um, for everything, everything that you can imagine. Like we're obsessed with quality. So for us, it's what drives us is again, the safety of the ingredient, the effectiveness of the ingredient. And that's what we care about the most. And if it happens to be, of course, organic, non-GMO and vegan, because it comes from that version, that's amazing. But what drives us is safety, efficiency, and highest quality. I love that. I love that. I think that's going to resonate well with the listeners as well. Um, Okay, so something you had mentioned back when you were sharing about your postpartum story was the difference between the ethos in American culture when it comes to new moms versus Mexican culture. So can you talk a little bit more about that and the differences that you observed during your postpartum experience? Yes, of course. So first of all, like us Mexicans like to stick together, you know, like I like we usually when you have a baby, like um, you have your probably the family lives in the same city, right? So you probably have um, your mom, your grandma, aunts, maybe sisters, like there's just a very big support system around the mom. And I mm-hmm. think here in the States, like families don't, there's not as big of a tendency from what I've learned living here for families to stick together. Like everybody kind of like follows what their kind of like life path takes them. And maybe like you live in another city where that your parents are not there. And then your mom can be here for a month, you know, but not necessarily is there all the time. And it really right. does take a village to raise kids. So I would say like, that's kind of like the number one difference. And then the second thing is that when a mom gives birth in Mexico, and I know this is the thing in other cultures as well, like usually the family really comes and takes care of that mom. You know, there is an understanding that having a baby is a major event in your life. And like, not just mentally, but also physically. So there's a lot of like traditions in terms of like the food that you're going to eat and like what they're going to be like for us. It's a lot of like warm soups and you don't have to worry about it. And, you know, people are thinking of that for you and mo- other mothers are passing that experience to you, mm-hmm. you know, like, um, and I feel like here, like, of course, my mom was here, but she doesn't live here all the time, you know. So for me, it was just a little bit of a shock also how a having family is just so valuable and so needed. But also the other fact that here, like, I feel like the culture just expects you to bounce back immediately, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's because everybody has a baby, right? (laughs) So like, you you shouldn't be that big of a deal. Like you had a baby, that's fine. But I feel like even in like the business world, like people are not as considerate. If you were to have a baby, they're like, oh, okay. Like, when do you want to schedule a call? Right. They're asking you for those things, you know? So I think like as a new mother, you feel like you have to, because people around you are not giving you that support, you know, like at least my experience, a lot of people around me weren't telling me like, oh, what are you doing? Like I was being cheered on for the wrong things, you know, and it's my Mm -hmm. fault for not sticking up for myself. But people were like, you're amazing. Like you're back to work. Like that's so good. Like So I kept getting, and as a people pleaser, I kept Mm -hmm. getting um, just kind of like claps and good feedback for all of those things that I was doing. So I thought if I stopped doing them, then I would be perceived as weak. Mm. I didn't want to be perceived as weak, you know, so, but no one in the end, like, I think my biggest lesson from my postpartum experience is that no one fights for you, even the people that 
love you so much because they're not mind readers. You know, my husband is yes. extremely supportive and it's extremely nice, but he's not going to know that I'm dying inside, you know? So it's up to me to stand up and say, you know what, whatever happens, deal with it. I need a 30 minute nap versus yeah. trying to be this like, so brave and so like I feel like in the beginning I was measuring my motherhood in terms of like how much sacrifice I would say I was mm -hmm. putting into it and that's not what motherhood is you mm. know like that's not like not like it doesn't make you a better mother like how much you like and I think that's something that we're so passionate about in Mashka too like because of this like I've met so many moms that feel like they're a better mom like I used to feel like in terms of like for doing everything because that's what you're supposed to do and right. that's what gives you value and that is not true like for me at least that that was like my experience you know so um that that's kind of like I think the biggest difference is but I feel like the biggest learning experience out of like realizing the difference between the both cultures is like you just have to stick up for yourself mm-hmm yeah, that's a powerful lesson. And it seems like you learned that pretty early on. I, I, I've i spoken with many moms who are, you know, mothers of 20-year-olds who are just now starting to learn that if they want something, they need to use their own voice to articulate it. And it's not always easy because there's a lot of judgment oftentimes, and we want to hold on to a certain perception of us. But at the end of the day, if we're not sticking up for our well-being then who else is because like you said no one is a mind reader we're not able to go around and see like oh that person could use some support because i i see that she's struggling with this this and this we would like that to be the case but it's often not totally agree <laughs> so how in in your business let me ask this first do you have a team of employees that are working with you yes yes we're all women so oh yay! We we love it, and yeah, we have a pretty we have a small but solid team. There's five of us. Okay, and has anyone been pregnant while working there yet? No, but I am. I will be oh. having my second uh, little boy in a month and a half. Oh my goodness! Congratulations! I didn't know. Thank you, but I'm super <laughs> excited to. I think like actually this time like it took me a while but I feel more empowered now to for this second experience but yeah I have been the only one that's been pregnant since um since we launched started okay so I'm curious and perhaps you don't necessarily have a framework yet since this hasn't happened to anyone else but have you envisioned what maternity leave is going to look like for yourself and or any of your employees should they need that that's super important. And that's something like any of our, I call them girls, but like if any of our girls were to get pregnant, mm -hmm. I feel like that's something again, that I'm very, very passionate about. Like it's about, um, not like giving them the time to recover. And then also the flexibility, like right. we're a flexible company because we have moms in the company, not pregnant moms, but moms, yeah. you know? And I feel like for me, it's all about like, we're so different from like, a big corporate company I I believe kind of like us and my business partner too but as the leader of the company like I believe that putting people for example like especially women on a fixed schedule like that just doesn't it doesn't work you know like that's not life like mm -hmm. we believe that if you're a mother you should be if you have uh 
festival at school, if your son or your family needs to, if you need to take your son to the dentist, like that's not something that you shouldn't be able to do. You know, we're very flexible. Like if our moms need to go do something, they'll go do it. You know, I'm not there to, as a company, we're not there to police each other. We work very well based on like objectives and maybe some of us work great at 4 a.m. And that's, that's where I work a lot. And maybe some of us work great at night, but maybe some of us need some time during the day. So we're very flexible with our schedules. And that's how I envision kind of like our maternity leave. It's like when our mom is ready to come back, she'll come back. And then when she's back, we will do everything we need to support her. So she feels that in the way she's being able to take care of her baby, but she's also able to do the work that she loves. Yeah. I love that. That's so thoughtful and just supportive of the woman, the mother as a whole. Because one thing I experienced right after I gave birth to my son, who's now almost three, um, I went back to work six weeks after I gave birth and I was excited to go back to work because I always envisioned that I would continue my career. I was in digital marketing as well and I liked what I was doing, but then it was like for the first 10 minutes of my return, people were like, oh, congratulations, the baby. Yeah, that's so cool. Mm -hmm. And then like after that, it was like not really brought up again. You know, I felt like I had to kind of compartmentalize my motherhood from my work. And it felt, it it was just so unnerving to me. Like I remember wanting to scream, like, I just had a baby. Don't you understand? Like all of this, all these PowerPoint slides are so trivial to the little boy that's now at home. Like I couldn't express those things and I couldn't find the words to express them, but I just felt like there was such a disconnect where I couldn't be my full self in the workplace because I was needed to uh, like focus on the the tasks at hand, you know? I know. And I totally understand that. And don't you think it's crazy that sometimes like we can't even be like ourselves with other women that we work with. Like I feel yeah. like us as women need to be super supportive of that. You have no idea how many moms message us at Moshka and say like, I still have to like hide kind of like at work to pump because I, it mm-hmm. makes me feel like, some women even feel weak that they are, they have to tell people like, Hey, can we like postpone the meeting for a second? Cause I need to pump or they right. feel like, and it's like, but it's a conversation I feel like needs to be had. And I feel like other moms in the workplace need to recognize their situation and need to recognize a new mom. And we need to stand up for each other because I feel like that's the only way that we're really going to bring truly meaningful change into the workplace is if we all support one another because we sometimes we often don't yeah it's so true it's so easy to get caught up in your own little thing in your own little bubble but yeah I mean as we're seeing right now so what I'm about to say is going to be like oh what's the word very timely for this moment so for the listeners who are listening beyond this time and place um maybe it won't be so pressing but in this moment of an extreme health situation that we're facing as a country right now, we are seeing how much we need one another and how much our well-being, our businesses depend on each other. And without that connection, we're seeing things kind of fall apart. So obviously this is a large scale example of interconnectedness, but it just... I think it really ties it together and it it goes back to the postpartum situation and and just being a woman in general of how 
how much we can get done and how much we can lift one another up if we are coming together to do it. Yes. And I feel like also like, it's not even like what I realized is that we're all just so busy that we don't even stop and think. So I'm really happy that you brought that up, but I feel like we need to try to live a little bit more mindfully and Mm -hmm. just like, even like take two seconds in the morning and like, how can we help others? You know, like I know with Mashka, for example, like our clients have been so supportive right now during this period, but support doesn't have to mean that they're buying our product. You know, if some of them like lost their job or like lost their income and they can't purchase it, but some of them have been supporting us however they can writing reviews, for example, that's Mm -hmm. amazing. That's so helpful, you know? Yeah. Telling someone about it. Yes. If we all put like a little bit into like helping each other, it doesn't have to be big things, but even small things could be so meaningful and can make such a big difference. So true. Yeah. I mean, even just sending like a text to a new mom, I remember Yes. like, it, it just felt like someone was seeing me, you know, just to have that momentary, like spark of love come through my inbox. Like, Oh, okay. Someone was thinking about me enough to see how I'm doing. Because one thing that I noticed in the immediate postpartum was there's a lot of excitement and attention on the baby, which of course, you know, there's a new family member. It's so cute and everything. But at the same time, I also kind of felt lost in the mix, almost like uh, invisible in a sense. Like every, I remember family would come over and I would be standing there holding my son and they'd be like, Oh, Milo, look at you. Oh yeah. And you too, mama. Like what? (laughs) I just felt like kind of cast aside. And so just sending something as simple as a text or an email or a, a message, whatever it is, it doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be expensive, but just a moment of acknowledgement can go such a long way. Yeah. Even telling like, I don't know if this, uh, this would have made such a difference for me, but even people voicing out like, you're doing such a great job. Mm, That's it. mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, that's it. You're doing such a great job, you know, like not, not even like the comment of like, oh, like you can fit in your jeans now like that. I feel like when you're going through that situation, it's not even like that. What matters? Like, (laughs) I I feel like at that moment, if someone would have told me I was doing a good job, I would have probably broken down and cried. Because that's all I needed. I wanted someone just to recognize a little bit, you know, like what I was going Mm -hmm. through and just tell me that through the ups and downs, because we all go through that and through the moments of mom guilt where you did something wrong, like you're doing great, you know, and not a lot of people are able to or think about it. And it doesn't, it's crazy. It doesn't come from a bad place. It's just like, we don't think to do it. But if we did right. more, it, it could make such an impact on someone else. I wholeheartedly agree. That's a good point. So what does your vision look like for the next few years with Mashka? I truly, we as a company want to kind of like revolutionize the world of motherhood. Like for us, it's not just about supplements or about like breastfeeding. Like we have a true vision of empowering moms with the right mm-hmm. products, with the right education, but we want to be, we want to be a movement. We want to be a movement where moms are empowered to put their well-being first mm. so they can better take for, for care for all the people that are around them. You know, like if you think about it, like 
women are still the foundation of the home. You know, like a healthy mother will probably have healthier kids. A happy mother makes a happy family, you know? So we are such a building block of society as mothers that our vision for Mashka is to take care of those mothers so they can feel good, they can feel empowered, they can feel in control. Mm -hmm. And so that effect of like a happy, empowered mother can kind of like go through the rest of the family and hopefully multiply into communities and have like a bigger effect. But that's kind of like our vision as a company. We have a lot of dreams. It would be so great to see all of that realized because I do think that the movement that you envision is so needed. And I, I think it could really shift the way in which we approach motherhood in general. And like you said, women are often the foundation of their homes. And so what would our society look like if we had happier women, healthier women who were, you know, empowered to, to be their best selves? I mean, I, I can only imagine. Yes, that's what I want. Like, that's what I envision, you know, and I know that it's like, it's just, it's a big dream to maybe touch everyone, but we want to put as much as possible and leave an impact and however we can. But like I said, I truly like believe passionately that I, I don't know if you ever been, have you ever been, um, and this is a personal question, but have you ever been like sick, like where you feel bad? Oh yeah. Like, Like, I think like nowadays we all go through like, whether it's like Hashimoto's, like I feel like everybody now has thyroid problems like me, like, or brain fog or all of those mm-hmm. things. Like when you don't feel good, you truly cannot give your best to anything. And I feel like a lot of our moms, a lot of our moms are just not feeling good mentally and physically. So if we can at least give them the tools where it is the education, where it is the products, like, or even in a long-term vision, the clinic, the place, the support, Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like it can have a huge, huge impact. I mean, it even happened to me, like when I was just pregnant, like I am pregnant. What am I talking about? When I was <laughs> in the beginning of my pregnancy, I got really bad nausea, you know, and I like oh, the yeah. one that you throw up 15 times a day. And um, I just couldn't, like, I was trying to put my best foot forward, but it was another reminder of why what we do is so important. Because when I wasn't feeling well, I was not able to play as much as I wanted with my son, I was not able to do a lot of the things that I wanted because I didn't feel good. So that mm-hmm. is just a small example. And in postpartum, it's just, you know, it's just way bigger. Yeah, it's magnified. Yes, definitely. Okay, so as we come to a close, where can people stay in touch with you and your work? Well, they can find us on Instagram, like everything, like it's at love Mashka, love the word love, and then M-A-J-K-A. I'm usually like on our Instagram a lot, and then they can find us on our website. And then, yeah, like anything that any mom needs, like we're there to help, like any questions, any anything, like we're there. And yeah, that's the easiest way. Thank you. Yay. I'm so excited that we were able to chat and I am really inspired by the work that you're doing. And I know that the listeners will be as well. Thank you. Thank you so much because it was, it's just always so fun and so exciting to allow, like to be able to share like what we stand for. And thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed it so much. 
And that's it for this episode of Young Honest Mother, the podcast, which means it's time for you to join the conversation. Share your thoughts on social media and tag me at Young Honest Mother. And then pass this episode along to friends and family who need to know that they're not alone on this journey either. Until next time, I'm your host, Maurice Young.